Episode 212, Disruptively Disengaged Learning. This is the Ericast for the week of March 24, 2013. From Ericast.com. Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. All right, thanks for listening to the Aircast. I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742, the listener feedback line. You know, just this afternoon, I was listening to three episodes of a uh, friend, colleague, acquaintance, a person's podcast. And I noticed in episode three, wow, he's got some background noise, and that's kind of annoying. And then I realized, sitting down here in Studio A with the furnace fan running in the background, that's probably also equally annoying to you, the Aircast listener. But you do have to bear in mind that here in Minnesota in late March 2013, we're hoping that the high on Saturday just before Easter hits 50. Otherwise, we're kind of sitting around in the upper 30s, maybe low 40s. And with the March sun, low 40s isn't too bad. But point being... The furnace is running, you gotta cope. Because there's gonna be like a couple weeks where there'll be no furnace, and then the furnace comes back on for air conditioning season. So we'll we'll manage somehow. But apologies if you hear the background noise. The um the audacity experiment continues, and I'm still sticking with the uncompressed raw don't mess with the audio thing. Um we'd still love your feedback on that. And next week will be listener feedback week. So the official Easter Sunday episode technically is the last weekend in March because March has that extra weekend thrown in. So uh, that the timing all makes sense. If you listen back to the archive and my confused timing last week, that's why. It's an extra weekend there. I was talking with someone tonight, actually, who was going through the archive and kind of using it as uh, as his own personal time capsule. Oh, yeah, that's what we were doing in July of 2012, or whatever it is. So if... Um, if the Aircast can serve that role in your life, then I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it does that for you. Um, I actually have a genuine topic this week. And here's a shout-out to Joanne, in case Joanne still actually listens. Um, you hear Joanne in the intro and outro of every Aircast. Um, and given that she is also working in the field of instructional technologies, she noticed my lamenting tweets regarding a MOOC now, you might not know what a MOOC is, and if you don't, that's okay. You're probably better off for it. A MOOC is the term for a massive open, or sometimes massively open. So the question is, what does the word massive truly modify? So let's go with massive open online course. And the idea is that you as an instructor teach an online class. Remember a few years ago when MIT released all of its uh, course materials and textbooks and things and said, yeah, you know, an MIT education is not merely listening to the lecture. So here are the recordings of our lecture videos. Knock yourself out. If you want to learn from that, great. Um, and we kind of figure it's a good thing for the community. It's free publicity to us. You might realize, wow, this whole MIT thing is really cool. I want to go there you'll probably then get rejected because I don't think they accept that many people, but you know, whatever. That was kind of their whole thing. Um, gosh, time flies five, six years ago. Then people kind of took that to the next step of, well, what if we just had a really big online course, uh, either using whatever our standard learning management system like Blackboard or whatever is with discussion boards and this and that or something else. Um, 
And what if we have hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people in this kind of all collaborating together as a community? Which So here's why this rises to the level of Ericast topic. Because when I hear this described, I think, wow, that is the best thing ever. Excellent use of technology. Uh, let's get all these people together in this learning community. They can learn from each other. It's not all about sitting patiently and listening to the lecturer. And frankly, if you're going to do that, you might as well do it on video. It's more more efficient. Listen to him or her whenever you want. Press pause. Press play again. It's great. Um, then you can all learn from each other in the discussion boards. So I I want to like this. I I. I want to think that this is this this is this is this is good. I just can't get any mental traction on it, which frustrates me. Though then I felt a little bit better because um, local technology maven Steve Borsch had uh, reposted a video from 1994 of the Today Show crew, Brad Gumble and Katie Couric in 2013, parallel the the vibe of the Today Show from 20 years ago on the internet itself. Or maybe not. I don't know. So what I did, uh, I had tried and failed to engage in a MOOC from Kurt Bonk. It was the Bonk MOOC. I'm not making this up. That's what it actually was called. It sort of, sort of rolls off the tongue and yet sort of doesn't. Um, Kurt Bonk... Um, did a MOOC about MOOCs, I guess, um, and learning and pedagogy and all this stuff that I, I really kind of geek out on. His his frenetic presentation style looks makes me look calm. And any of you who've seen me present know that is saying a lot. So um, I just it's one of those things where if you mentally blink for a moment or two, you just completely lose the entire train of everything that's going on. And I, I just gave up. I, I, I watched the intro. I, I had the first class. It was like a live chat session class thing kind of running in the background. Made it about two-thirds of the way through, and my brain just checked out. It's like that not-quite-politically-correct Far Side cartoon where the, the, the boy in the classroom behind the desk with the really small head says, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, may I be excused? My brain is full. That's, that's kind of how I felt. Well, then... A colleague mentioned a new MOOC coming up called Surviving Disruptive Technologies. The concept of disruptive innovation has always been a fascinating one for me. I didn't particularly like the title because my core INTP personality is to be extraordinarily analytical uh, to the to the negative extremes of cynical or critical or or whatever. And my human resource development training sort of drove that out of me and, and pushed me over the fence onto the other side. Um, appreciative inquiry, let's look at the, um, the, the positive first, let's focus on our strengths, strengths finder, now discover your strengths, all these things you've heard me talk about before. Which, frankly, I really do think is a better way to live in society. Perhaps if you are alone in the universe, you can be as critical as you want. But when you're dealing with other people, it's a whole lot 
better to start with what works and say, yay, let's make these things better as opposed to the following 18 things are wrong. That just doesn't really um, help anybody, let alone win friends or influence people. Okay, so I didn't really like surviving disruptive technologies. And if you really dig around in that title, you'll find a couple token references to and maybe even thrive. But really fundamentally, it's surviving disruptive technologies. Let's look at all these companies that went under because they were broken by these disruptive technologies that came along. Not very energizing for me, but, you know, okay. So, great. I have a joke in my notes where it's like, yeah, it's, it's like setting up a course of coping with reality until death's sweet reprieve. But I don't think I'll tell that joke because that just really doesn't work in any place. But that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> that's sort of the, I just don't, I'm, but okay, I can do this. Rah, rah, rah. Well, first of all, I had some weird, they weren't technical issues like, oh, gee, this doesn't work. But I'd, I'll admit something. Here's a bonus to you, Ericast listeners. I will admit a major character flaw in me. And it's a flaw because I, we, I react irrationally badly to it. You could say, no, 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 it's, that's, just, that's fine, Eric. You should be upset by that. And that's true. But this is something that really, really upsets me. And I could give you story after story way back into childhood of how I, I get upset by this. I get really upset, is the word we're using, when I'm criticized or passed over or disparaged or pick pick your negative term for doing exactly what was asked in the context of following all the instructions. I still... It doesn't matter anymore because their product went under. Um, I'm annoyed by eHarmony when they did like an, a marriage support uh, product and they said, hey, we're looking for beta testers and we'll give you a $25 Amazon card. And so I went to the site and I did this and watched this little exercise and did this and filled out this survey and did whatever. Um, did absolutely everything on the screen, everything it was they told me to do. And then like a week later or whatever, they said, well... We saw that you went to the site, but you didn't follow all three. You only did the first one, and so you didn't complete the instructions. But because we're magnanimous, we'll give you this $10 certificate anyway. It's like I, I did everything you presented to me. So apparently there was some sort of bug in the system that didn't present that. Or as someone mentioned later, maybe they were just scamming people and said, ha-ha, we're not going to give you the $25 card. But it's like, I followed all of your instructions. I did exactly what was asked. And you are now criticizing me and saying I didn't do what you told me to do. Okay, so when I, I, the MOOC was launching on whatever day it was, I went in. And once I got in, they said, okay, well, we've had it open and whatever. And we had sent out this. And so you had this. And here's your pre-work. And here's what, all this stuff where it's like, I never got any of these announcements. When I had gone in the day before, it said, nope, it's, you know, click here to open. It's not open yet. It'll open on whatever day. That kind of, so that right there left a bad taste in my mouth. It's like I've, I've followed all the instructions, all the timelines, dotted my I's, crossed my T's. And the first thing I get, it's like walking into your college class on the first day and having the prof say, okay, well, since all of you have done the homework for today and you've read chapters one through eight, and you're thinking, what? no, this is the first day of class. Hello? What? Yeah. Okay, so, so there was that. But 
the the final nail in my emotional coffin. That'd be an interesting podcast title right there. My emotional coffin. This is episode 418. Okay, the definition of the instructor, Hank Lucas, says, he says, I'll get all the words, they just might not be in the right order. Hank Lucas, the instructor in surviving disruptive technologies, this spring's MOOC, says, quote, a disruptive technology is an innovation providing a product or service that is so compelling that everyone rapidly abandons their current way of doing things and flocks to what is new. Okay? Well, one of his recommended readings, it wasn't required reading, but it was a recommended reading, was Clayton Christensen, who uh, wrote a book called The Innovator's Dilemma, um, 1997. It was uh, revised in 2000, so it's already like you know, 13 years old at best. But still, it's a popular business book. I never encountered it in my various classes, but you know, that's all right. So the instructor for this MOOC references Clayton Christensen as you know, an authority on this. So in the YouTube video, which is where this particular one was posted, the rest is kind of behind the... The, the paywall in the Coursera system, but there's no charge, so, you know, no fee, but you do need to log in to get to it. But this is open into the public. So Len Sherman, who is an adjunct instructor at another East Coast school, says, quote, Definition of disruptive technology on page one of the opening lecture is fundamentally flawed. Everyone does not rapidly flock to a disruptive innovation. By Christensen's theory, disruptive technologies are designed to appeal to specific non-mainstream segments of the market. This professor lost credibility on his very first page. The dog and smiley faces are not substitutes for not understanding what you're trying to teach. Hmm. So... I went to the authoritative source of Wikipedia. And there's a whole bunch here on disruptive innovation. A whole bunch, screen after screen after screen. And they're all quoting Clayton Christensen. They're all talking about implications and examples here. You know, the innovation of the 8-inch floppy disk drive disrupted the market of the 14-inch floppy disk drive? Well, that seems like an incremental change or not, really. You know, computer printers versus offset printing. Well, that might be. Um, automobiles versus rail transport. And they go on and on and on. Um, and I'm looking at... I'm looking at this. I was, I was lamenting to Ruth. Because I said, you know, can't can't people agree? I mean, I granted this is not like super objective. You know, gravity attracts or repels mass. It attracts. Oh, there you go. Great. Okay. You know, but the, but if we're bickering about the definition of a disruptive innovation. And the thing is, is, I don't know Hank Lucas from Len Sherman from anybody. Um, so so it, 
as I, the consumer, am engaging in the MOOC experience, what do I have to go by to say, okay, so who's right on these? You know, you've got two people that are 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 not bickering because they're civil about it, well, and bickering about the definition of what, what's being taught. Like, wow, okay, and. You know, since my engagement in this is completely voluntary, it's not like I have a grade hanging over my head or anything. I can just not engage. So how do you encourage intrinsic motivation in somebody to engage in a voluntary community that they profess to value? <laughs> it's that same old question again. How do I get motivated to actually engage in a MOOC when on top of the whole schedule thing and do I want to do this class or not or how's the timing or can I go to the Google Hangout? Oh, they sent out the notice late enough that I didn't see it so I missed the Google Hangout but I could watch the recording but should I schedule it in or not? <sighs> okay, so they say that I'm already like two weeks behind because I came in right when things started but I mean, they don't think that but that certainly is the implication so I don't know. It's not like I can just raise my hand in class and go, um, and is this how our students feel when they're presented with an option for a blended or online learning program rather than a traditional face-to-face -face classroom. And then on top of all that, it's like we can't even get people to agree on what the definition is. And I don't have any venue where I can just raise my hand and say, um, Dr. Lucas, what do you say to Dr. Sherman who asserts that your definition of disruptive innovation is incorrect? So I gave up. I, I'm just hanging out with the girls over Easter break and doing fun stuff, cleaning my den. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, I, yeah. So, Joanne, to answer your question via Twitter, that is the entire backstory of how I just became emotionally deflated around this whole MOOC thing. And I know it's stupid, but A, yeah, but it's me, so there you go. B, I'm kind of kind of reflective in that looking outward thing that if I feel this way, how are how's the how's a typical student gonna feel about his or her topic of choice? Better, worse, I just don't know. Maybe it'll be better when it's like I really need this you know, two hundred level econ class and I'm so glad I can do it over over a MOOC. Maybe that will be a totally different experience than me dabbling in a random elective that means absolutely nothing. But you know what? I think I'm probably not going to finish the MOOC. And I think that means I'm not going to get the letter from the instructor saying that I finished the MOOC. I think I'm okay with that. So if you have any MOOC-related thoughts, um, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, know exactly the experience, Joanne included, if you're listening, um, call that feedback line, 206 Three three nine three seven four two, and and share your comments or insights, please, please, please. Uh, I would love something uh, positive, encouraging, uplifting, or equally disengaged and demoralizing. If you want to do that to me and say, yeah, I don't get it either, that's fine. Uh, or if you know nothing about anything that I've been talking about, and it has intrigued you at least um, 
let me know of that as well. Um, or something as simple as you don't like the furnace noise. Because I realized listening to this other podcast this afternoon, it's like, I should really just you know send him a note and say, hey, love the topic, the noise in the background bothered me. So he at least knows I'm out here listening. You can do the same. 206-339-3742. Um, happy Easter in advance. Uh, as you're listening to this, that will be coming up. Uh, so um, regardless of your personal investment in that, um, and if you're wavering or have thoughts, let me know. I'd be happy to, to, to chat and suggest a direction for you. Um, but uh, if nothing else, it is at least a break and kind of a, a big holiday type time here in the spring. So um, I hope it's a good one for you. Um, listener feedback next week, so get your calls in so that uh, you can be included in that. And until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.